and welcome to IRI Growth Insights, featuring IRI thought leaders, industry partners, and guests. For more than 40 years, IRI has been known for its invaluable data, but these podcasts delve into the insights the data reveal to fuel market disruption and market growth for those in the CPG, retail, healthcare, and media markets. I'm your host, Joan Driggs, coming to you from IRI's corporate headquarters in Chicago. The Consumer Electronics Show, which is billed as the most influential tech event in the world, is just around the corner. It features more than 2,400 exhibitors and attracts major retailers, top brands, and so far, more than 300 of the Fortune Global 500 companies. That means there's going to be a lot of networking and learning with more than 40 technology categories covered. I've invited some of my NPD colleagues to join me on the Growth Insights podcast to talk about the intersectionality of technology and consumer products. Ben Arnold has his eye on tech trends and consumer habits and usage. He's a consumer technology industry analyst who's been covering the tech industry for more than 15 years. And Joe Derachowski is NPD's home and home improvement advisor. He's been providing insights on consumer behavior for the past 30 years. He brings a unique perspective on what consumers do and why they do it. So it's great to have you both here. Good to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Great to be here. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm excited about this topic because, you know, we've been hearing for a long time that consumers are way ahead of like consumer packaged good companies or any consumer goods companies and retailers um, in their adoption of technology. But at CES in particular, do you see that companies are trying to catch up with consumers or are they building technology into their own innovation plans? So, Joe, let's start with you. Well, I think we're at a very unique time, like the, actually the optimal time to see the shift in that question. If you think about a innovation, there's a lot of paths that companies can come up with innovation. CPGs will usually start with consumers. And a lot of times technology and even home industry and new companies will start more with the technology or the manufacturing and then evolve to the consumers. And I think smart has evolved to such a way people have tried it before and sometimes it works, sometimes it didn't because it started down a technology path. But because of the changing needs that we've had during the pandemic, because of the advancement in innovations that's happened over the past few years, I think we're now back at the stage where we can start the consumer part of it as the leading indicator. What are those problems or challenges that the consumer has? The I wish, I hate, I love, I miss, those things that we struggle with. And now we can take the software and the platforms and the technologies that are out there and start to say, can we repackage this in a way to start to solve those? And we're so we're kind of right at that perfect intersection where we're evolving, starting from technology to now making technology being something that can fuel and solve the needs that the consumer has. So it's it's kind of going back almost to the Henry Ford analogy of no one ever said that they wanted to replace the horse and buggy. Is that is that what it, I'm hearing you it, say for our modern times? Yeah. And then suddenly once they saw it, they said, okay, well, maybe there's a different way. And then if I rethink about it, what if I did this, this, and this, and now I can really solve this problem? Yes. I love that. So Ben, in, from your lens, can you identify like some of the, the challenges or the issues that any company, you know, a consumer goods company has tried to solve for and how they've done it? Well, you know, I, I think that 
we should think about technology as a tool, right? It's a tool that we use to improve our lives, to make things more convenient. And as I think about, say, some of the, the non-technology companies that are showcasing at CES, um, the sort of philosophy that I'm I'm seeing is that we're using technology as a way to drive value into our existing products. Um, you know, we uh, are seeing you know more and more packaged goods companies showcase at CES. The I think there was a little bit of a hiccup over the last two years with respect to the pandemic, uh, but uh, a company like uh, Procter and Gamble. I think is a, a really good example of that, where they're showcasing smart toothbrushes with the Oral-B brand. Uh, the toothbrushes are Bluetooth enabled and uh, can give you feedback on on how you're, you know, how well you're brushing your teeth. And to me, that's a again a, a way to leverage technology, adding Bluetooth and connectivity, but also a way to drive value back into the rest of their oral care brands. Um, another company like like L'Oreal a couple of years ago showcased uh, it was a wearable sensor. It could be worn as a necklace or as a pin, uh, and the sensor was able to detect when you've gotten you know too many UV rays. And that again was a, a way to drive value into their skincare line. So I think for again non traditional tech companies, companies that aren't making consumer electronics. There are ways in which you can harness the power of innovation and of technology and of all these great things that we showcase at CES um, and add value to your existing products, add value to consumers' lives. And to me, that's what I, I think a lot of these brands are seeking to do. Yeah, I, I love what you said there, Ben. I, I, I remember seeing like this is a good example using the oral care as an example. Like they have some of the, the companies out there have things that allow it to gamify for kids. And if you think about anybody who has young kids that are in that early age, it's hard to get them to uh, always brush their teeth or maybe do it to the quality that they should. And they've invented some really interesting gamifying that allows the child to be able to do it, but also allows the parent to be able to also understand what's happening. In addition to that, it's not just the feedback that's going back to the consumer, but some of these are also feeding back directly to the dentists themselves or directly to, so you're, it's really changing, like it's providing a full solution for the whole ecosystem to help you as a consumer live a better life. So it really is fascinating the advancements that they've been making, but that's a great example. I'll, I'll take it one step further, just, just with the examples, only because Joe, you, you kind of got me close to this example, but um, again, another Procter brand, uh, Tide is talking about uh, doing laundry in space on a panel at CES this year. Uh, and uh, that's all about using less water and being mindful of the ingredients, right? How do astronauts do their laundry in space? I, my impression right now is that they don't. Um, but if you can develop a technology for, uh, you know, using less resources while doing laundry, Right, that that becomes something that is applicable in space, but also an environmental and sustainable uh, way to do laundry here on Earth. So again, right, we're taking these sort of futuristic things, technology, space, um, and using them to drive value now into the products that we have. I love that. Uh, you know, first, I, I do want to comment on Joe's. I don't think I'm quite ready to have my dentist um, be connected to my toothbrush, but as a parent. I would love to have on my smartwatch something pop up that lets me know that 
little Johnny didn't brush for a full ten, two minutes, right? But, um, and I also love, Ben, your connection to space because think about it, Velcro has become such an integral part of our lives and that was something that was developed for space. It wasn't developed for, you know, everyday consumers, but boy, do we use it a lot. So those certainly, are fantastic. Certainly. Yeah, fantastic examples. Um, and so, and I love the, the notion too of less water because that is so pertinent um, in our daily life. I'm old enough to remember um, powdered laundry detergents. So I'm guessing that little capsules will come back. That's, I'm ready for it. Um, so Joe, let's talk to you a little bit because you really specialize in the home. And I'm really curious to see what developments you anticipate, you know, certainly there's a lot of smart appliances, but where else is this connectivity helping consumers in the kitchen or in the home? Well, Joan, there's a big challenge that everybody has every single night. There's a question that is like nails on a chalkboard, which is what's for dinner? That question gets asked every single night seven nights a week, 365 days a year, 18 years or longer, all that goes through. And at some point, that question gets really annoying. And the major appliance companies several years ago have gotten what I call right to the, the doorstep of really solving this need. But they're very close. They have a, they're knocking on the door to completely solving it. They have it now where they can monitor everything in your refrigerator and based off of that, one, you can order your groceries from it. But two, you can start to design menus and suggestions for what to be making for tonight based off of different, different dietary habits by each individual in the household or as a whole household. You could say your broccoli is going to go bad in two days and here are some recipe recommendations or things of that nature. So you can make it based off of what's on hand. We know from our food data that more than 60% of the time, the things that you make for dinner are based off of those items that you have on hand. So they're sitting on the doorstep. They're missing. That's been missing the past couple of years is most recipes involve dry goods. And so they, they haven't made it fully efficient. They've evolved to not having it to now typing it in that I'm hoping they advance the smart to now integrate it. So one of the things is, are they able to integrate dry goods so that you can execute on these recipes a little bit better? The second thing that I'm really looking for is a lot of times when you're preparing, think of Thanksgiving as a good example, you have multiple appliances and cookware being utilized at the same time and trying to get everything done at the same time and the same quality is a challenge. So part of the smart is also having Whatever that guided, whether it's refrigerator or, or stovetop or range, whatever the case that's helping with the smart, making sure all the small appliances and the cookware and the bakeware is also integrated so that you can fully execute on these guided recipes that they have. So I, is there a way that we've evolved it so it's not just talking to an app, but the these appliances are talking to each other, you know, all the multiple things you need to execute and make that meal get done at the same time. Uh, we're, we were knocking on the doorstep last year. There were some innovations, at least trying to come up to a common platform. And so now this year, let's see if there's some products out there. I love that. Do you have any, like, any insight at all on how to integrate some of those dry um, ingredients? You know, what but, would that look like? Would it be a cabinet sensor? Would it be a, what would that be? It could be a cabinet center. It could be something using some of the centers and sensors in the refrigerator. Uh, there could be another option. And so that's that's why I'm curious where they're going to come up and solve that solution. 
But then the next part is, like I said, getting those appliances all talking to each other so that they could be, you can get the side dishes done with the main dish. Somewhat, yeah. No one wants to wait for the gravy. I get that. I with that. <laughs> so, Ben, you alluded earlier to how CES looked a little bit different the past couple of years. Um, I'm sure a reference to the pandemic. Do you feel that companies um, held back from either investing in new technology or even in launching some of their innovations? What a great question. And I mean, I think this uh, last two years have been unprecedented for a number of reasons. Uh, but I think one of the things that the, we've realized is that technology is important and can get us through, you know, certain certain situations in, in life. And as I think about what's happened with our industry over the last three years, um, you know, I, I do think that there has been uh, maybe a, a little bit of slowdown in terms of, of innovation, if I'm thinking about consumer electronics. Uh, but I think part of that is companies have been focused on making enough products to, to meet demand, which kind of goes back to our uh, realizing that technology is a necessity. So I think maybe the priorities have been, uh, you know, reordered over the last two years and we're really trying to, you know, fulfill product obligations as opposed to growing and pushing the boundaries in terms of innovation. Um, you know, if I think about this time, we've got things like blockchain. Uh, we've got the virtual reality market has grown. We've got faster computer chips. Uh, there have been uh, actually a lot of innovations over the last three years. But I think maybe what we'll see over the next year or a year and a half is maybe a, a slowdown in terms of new consumer electronics with you know brand new features and new designs. And I think that absolutely is a, a byproduct of being locked down and, and maybe not being able to you know see coworkers in person because I know that that's a, a very important part of the you know product development process. So it's probably the type of dynamic that we are feeling now, maybe a little bit of a, a, a delayed impact. But I will say that I'll never count out the technology industry um, and its ability to you know, get consumers excited about products. And again, like getting people to think differently, uh, to think about ways in which they can uh, do things a little more conveniently and, and you know, add more value to, to their lives. And I think that's the, the promise of, of technology. And do you see maybe that some of those needs changed? you know, throughout the, the pandemic, you know, that maybe it, it could be as simple as you say, like a marketing message of getting people to use maybe existing products in new ways to help solve for some of those needs that have changed. Definitely, definitely. I think those needs have, have changed. And probably one of the reasons why Joe and I talk so much, because now technology is so much closer to the home, right? And uh, one of the big taglines at CES over the last couple of years has been technology to improve your life. Um, you know, look at any of the marketing messages from the larger technology brands. It's all about technology impacting your life, making it better. And to me, that becomes even more important as we come out of the, the pandemic and, and the lockdowns is, you know, how can we leverage technology to make our lives better, to make our lives easier, uh, to bring us the best Netflix content whenever we want on any device that we happen to be looking at. Um, I think a lot of those 
they're not creature comforts, but they're again, like lifestyle rooted needs. I think technology is really addressing right now. And that's the, that's the message that I get as I take everything in. I love it. Then lifestyle needs. So Joe, going back to you, you know, you mentioned some of the gaps that you see, but can you tell me a couple things that you would really like to see at CES? Um, you know, maybe it's for a specific category like that home pantry cabinet, or maybe it's something with home care. Can you give us anything at all that might that you are hoping to see? Well, in addition to the, the kitchen electrics that we talked about before, I'm really looking at how have things advanced from the application and then the way that these things are being built into our life. So I'll give you an example. There's been a lot of advancement in air purifiers throughout the, the pandemic because concern of COVID and other viruses and germs. But now the delivery systems that they have, they can put them in your kitchen lights. They could put them in planters and things of this nature. So that allows it so it becomes much more decorative, but in addition, very functional. I'm curious on the advancement of technology and floor care, the ability to identify and monitor different types of stains or challenges that the consumer is trying to clean up and be able to adjust on the fly to fix those specific solutions very efficiently and more effective. Uh, robotic vacuums, I'm looking forward to seeing what advancement and technologies that are happening in this space to kind of kind of kick some life back into it because it's been down a little bit here this past year. But as we return to office convenience driving up, it's a case where that should has a great opportunity in front of it. And then technology in terms of personal care, we see women styling in some areas that it's they have ways to monitor like how much water is in your hair. So as uh, different age groups have different needs and they're able to adapt to that. So I have the advanced even more there. And then even in home improvement, it's fascinating. Kohler always has some interesting areas where they'll, you know, they'll monitor water temperature based on individuals. So if you've got an infant that you're doing a bath, it can set it for that. If you have it for your spouse, it can set it for that. So the ability to advance smart in ways to help solve some of the challenges that we have. Um, I always get fascinated to see what they've done next. That's awesome. And Ben, how about you? Are you looking for anything in particular at CES? Uh, you know, similar to Joe, I'm, I'm interested in what's happening with smart appliances and how they've developed. How are they, you know, actually using the connectivity and the smart features to you know, do something as opposed to just be technology. Um, you know, something like AI is very interesting as sort of a, a macro trend at CES. Um, and as it relates to something like appliances, we've seen smart ovens that when you put food in, the uh, artificial intelligence can identify what the food is and knows how hot and how long to, to cook it for. I'm interested in to see how that trend uh, kind of grows at the show. Um, you know, again, within the artificial intelligence macro trend, but uh, I'll I'll mention two others, which one of them may not be super popular. I, I want to know what's happening with the metaverse. I want to know how brands are leveraging the metaverse and how uh, right, a packaged goods company advertises in a in a digital environment. And we've already gotten some news around companies that are showcasing, you know, different, uh, you know, different shopping technologies related to the metaverse at, at CES. Uh, and then um, the last one on my list, I'm a big virtual reality fan. So I want to see what new products come out. Do we see any artificial, uh, excuse me, augmented reality products 
Um, you know, what are those applications? Are we using these products for things other than gaming, which I think has been one of the big challenges is, um, you know, can we come out with applications that aren't video games that are, you know, training applications or, you know, other forms of entertainment? So I'm looking for that, but also how the hardware, how the virtual reality headsets or augmented reality devices are changing, you know, this year compared to, to years prior. Yeah. So that's on my list. I'm thinking, of course, of like the 19 crimes labels, which kind of hits a couple of the hot buttons that you've just said, you know, the augmented reality. I mean, that is incredible. So, Joe, you you look like you have one more thing to say. Yeah, well, Ben, you got me thinking, as always, anytime we chat, I, I love it because you get the creative juices going. But if you think about it, there's such a big change also happening just in the way, con- way manufacturers and retailers connect to consumers. Uh, it would call it shopping, whatever you want to call it, but the ability to inspire the consumer and then make that transaction and delivery and all that go better. And it's really because of the virtual and augmented reality and the other things that you talked about. So I am kind of interested to see if we see any advancements or speaking about how this is being used by manufacturers and retailers to help inspire the consumers on ways they can solve the need. So it's the whole marketing and sales process. Uh, has there been any events since with that, given all the things you just talked about? Hey, my motto is make the shopper the hero. So you guys are totally speaking my language. So I, I want to, before I do a little wrap up, I also want to tease something out. And that is um, that you'll be presenting at um, CES. Ben, you and Paul Gagnon will be presenting seven ways the consumer electronics consumer has changed. Do you want to just tease that out a little bit for us? Sure. Uh, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot as a company is the profound change that consumers have gone through over the last three years. And certainly it's been a, you know, a piece of our conversation today. Um, but coming out of that experience, uh, we've seen the, you know, the value of technology and consumers' lives increase, right? It kept us entertained and productive when we weren't able to leave the house. Uh, prices for technology are, are higher than they have been. Um, and the way that we shop for technology products has, has changed pretty dramatically compared to three years ago. So those are some of the topics that that's like almost half of our things. I shouldn't give any more out. So people will come to the talk. Uh, but that, those are the, those are the lines that we're thinking uh, in terms of our presentation today, um, um, at CES. So please, if you're in Vegas, come out to the, the talk, uh, you know, chat us up afterwards. We, we'd love to interact. And I'm totally going to immediately put another podcast on your on your calendar so that we can talk dive into it a little bit deeper. Um, so for now, I just want to wrap up with a couple of things that I heard you both talk about today. And that is that even though this is consumer electronics, you really feel that it's at a turning point where consumers are now being put at the center of it, you know, and solving for consumer needs rather than clever technology and proving what technology can do. It's really how technology is solving for challenges. And there's a lot of consumer play in there. And, and it goes beyond um, wearables. It goes beyond smart appliances. It really drills down into our everyday behavior and even how we're consuming things. So I really, I really like that. I love some of the, of course, I'm a product person. So I loved a lot of the examples that you shared with um, especially like Procter and Gamble across personal care, L'Oreal in, in um, beauty, and even in home care, laundry care with with Tide. 
Um, and that's solving, you know, that a product like that is solving for multiple challenges. So that's awesome. Joe, you really talked about how um, what's happening in the kitchen is really solving for so many different consumer needs, um, particularly the big one of what's for dinner and how there's still so much work to be done. I appreciated your terminology of, of technology being at the door, but it hasn't quite, you know, gone through the door and laid out what that solution is going to look like. Um, but we are getting closer. So maybe you'll come back to us with some of the things that you see where um, we're, we're over the threshold. Um, and with that, you know, I, I want to say thank you so much for your time. And I'm serious. We are coming back here and we're going to be talking more because it's a great topic. So thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please become a subscriber and let us know what you want to learn more about. We'll serve it up in a future IRI Growth Insights episode. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to review IRI Growth Insights. Also, visit us on the web at iriworldwide.com and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.